Hello, exceptional people. You are now listening to Change Today, a new-ish podcast about how we can better today's society. I'm your creator and co-host, Miriam Antone. And I'm co-host, Molly Quatrusi. And today we will be discussing patriotism. But first, we have to catch up. Molly, season two. How are you doing? I can't believe we already have a season two. What? I know. That is crazy. I don't even know what to say because I wasn't even expecting season one to have as big of a reach as it did because we just started out. And mm-hmm. now it just makes me really excited for this season. Yeah, honestly, same. It is so weird that, like, I don't even remember a time before us working on this podcast. I know, right? I feel like we've just been doing it forever. I know. It feels like such a big part of my life. (laughs) Yeah. And it's weird because people will... So this is March. Oh, this is February. So we're recording season two starting in February, but it's not airing until June. Right. So people think we're gone, but we're doing this. Exactly. Which is weird. I know. It's such a weird thing. It's, It's like the same way watching a reality TV show when they film it months ahead. And then you watch it, and it's Christmas time, but it's August in real life, and it's like, wait, what? Oh, yeah. And you get to hear all the tea that already happened, and you're like, oh, that was what's happening behind me. Yeah, it explains everything, and it's like, that's what it's going to be like for them. (laughs) And with that, let's get right into it. Like Miriam said before, the topic we'll be discussing today is patriotism. So, let's start with what is patriotism? The term dates back to the 17th century and came from adding the suffix of ism to patriot. It generally describes the love or devotion to one's country. People value patriotism as as indispensable to the development of the kind of social bonds that foster solidarity and mutuality in society because it's natural. The more specific definition is vigorous support for what a country stands for, what it believes in, its values, its laws, its citizens' rights and freedoms, its sense of justice, and its form of government. Sometimes we don't notice, but we honestly see patriotism everywhere. So we see it in our policy because we use patriotic beliefs to influence, um, or politicians use patriotic beliefs to influence the public into certain actions. We see it in education, which a lot of people don't know, but we do have a very patriotic education. Mm -hmm. We see it in political campaigns. We see it in the economy. Uh, the 4th of July brings in a ton of revenue because of patriotic-styled, you know, right. ordinary, everyday things. And in in packaging, in logos, in a million other things, patriotism heavily influences the economy. So there's a lot of, or some people might say there's a lot of pros to patriotism. And even though Molly read out, like, the textbook definition, there is... You know, like, when people think of patriotism, that's not necessarily what they think of. So, we view patriotism as being problematic, and we'll get into it throughout the episode, but some of the things that we'll talk about um, will be the hate after 9-11, the patriotic education that we talked about earlier, and then how patriotism contributes to the ideas of xenophobia and racism. So, a good first example for patriotism that is often seen in America is the American flag. 
Everybody knows that the American flag is a symbol for the freedoms and individual rights of Americans, but oftentimes people value the actual fabric of the flag more than what it actually stands for. And this is shown, especially with what happened to Colin Kaepernick when he took a knee during the national anthem while obviously the flag was raised. And it's just ironic, really, because the rights included in what the American flag stands for is the Bill of Rights, which includes the First Amendment, obviously, which protects freedom of speech, press, assembly, and the right to petition the government for a redress of grievances. So he knelt for the flag, obviously, because he feels that his community does not receive the same freedoms and access to the rights as other people. So that is not only an expression of the First Amendment, because it's his right to address grievances how he feels. It's just, that's what it stands for. That's a freedom. And he's not, he's saying that not everybody is accessible to these freedoms. And people got so mad about that, that he got fired because they felt it was insulting to the flag. But the whole point of the flag is that it stands for expression. Yeah, and, like, the funnier thing to me about that is that people misuse the American flag literally every single day. Like, it is not supposed to be, like, a clothing item. It's not supposed to touch the ground. People with, like, beach towels of the American flag and, like, all of these things that are technically not allowed. Right. But then this thing that's actually prescribed in the law, in the Constitution, that people hold so dearly that America literally has kept in a glass case that will be saved if an atomic bomb wipes all of us out, the Constitution will still be there. But when someone practices a part of the Constitution, they get fired when people are breaking laws about the American flag every single day. Exactly. So you can't just pick and choose what mm -hmm. you want it to mean. It has a meaning. And everybody is allowed to use this meaning the same way. Mm -hmm. So a next example of how patriotism can be harmful is that it makes rights violations acceptable. And in general, a lot of war crimes are committed due to patriotic feelings. And we'll get more into that throughout this episode. It also allows for the government to violate the rights of their own citizens. And a very good example of this is the Patriot Act, which was passed after 9-11. So it violates several amendments on the Bill of Rights including the Fourth Amendment, which says the government cannot commit a search without obtaining a warrant and showing probable cause to believe that the person has committed or will commit a crime. The Patriot Act pretty much just allows the government to survey you all the time, whether you know it or not. And that is blatantly in the Constitution that that's not allowed. But obviously, it doesn't matter to the government. <laughs> Which is, like, especially right now, that is so funny because people are so scared of, like, oh, no, this COVID vaccine is going to put a microchip in my arm and the government's going to track me. Exactly. And we're like, actually, the government has been tracking you since the minute you got a phone, since the yes. minute you voted, since the minute you registered as a citizen of this country. Right. Pretty like, much since you were born. Literally since the minute you were born. Exactly. Since you were born. Yeah. If you were born in this country, you've been being right. tracked like your whole life. As soon as you got a social security number in this country, you've been <laughs> tracked by the government. Like, <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. And especially like if you are Gen Z, anyone born after 9-11, like they've never had a life where there wasn't, you know, these kinds of checks where digital privacy like didn't exist. 
or did exist like they've never had a life with digital privacy right and what's funny about that too is the un has declared like digital privacy as a human right exactly because it's just yeah if you don't allow for digital privacy you don't get your free speech because obviously you're not only talking to people just in person if you're mm-hmm. uh, upset about something, say, like, over text or over social media, and somebody is surveying, like, watching you and watching what you say, they can just accuse you of something just like that because they saw it. And it's like, yeah, that's not fair. That- and the government can, well, I don't want to say the government, but persecutors can take things, like, out of context. Exactly. Because it's online. Exactly. Right. And it's like if you're not seeing what went behind the making of the post or whatever. Exactly. It's going to be problematic. And especially because the government likes to pick and choose what Mm -hmm. they censor. Like if you like Muslim groups online are censored so heavily. Right. But white nationalists that were talking about raiding the Capitol. Yeah. Prior to it happening. Well, why didn't the government know? It's because they're not actually surveying them. Because that's a group that we have deemed okay in the United States. Exactly. Because they're white nationalists, keyword being white. But other groups like Black Lives Matter and, you know, Muslim, which is the first thing that came to my mind because it's, it's going to be talked about in this podcast. But, right. like, all of those, they're surveyed quite heavily. Mm-hmm. So even, like, within the fact that too much is problematic... The way that it's set up right now is also problematic. Exactly. So going back to problems with patriotism. So the first one we're going to talk about is 9-11. Now, 9-11 was obviously very traumatic. And I think looking back, when we just say 9-11, sometimes we forget how much loss of life there actually was. Because it becomes such like a politicized event that we kind of forget like what actually happened on that day so but in the moment obviously that wasn't the case Mm -hmm. so in the moment there was a lot of positive things that happened the rebuilding of the country that was positive the just everyone was more neighborly people felt like they could reach out to their neighbors to their friends to their co-workers and there was this like trust there that hadn't been there prior you know like george w bush was coming out in baseball games and you know everything had a bigger meaning a more important meaning and at that time like yeah it was unifying and it was important for the country and it did a lot of good but what we don't talk about is all the bad things that happened after 9-11 so hate crimes against muslims and those of the mina community literally the war on terror this loss of privacy that molly talked about immigration and deportation all of that, all of those were after effects of 9-11, which we will definitely get more into. But although there were these wonderful, beautiful moments, patriotism ultimately caused a lot of negativity surrounding 9-11. Exactly. So let's talk about the war on terror. Basically, right after 9-11 happened, we invaded Afghanistan um, and we were there for years Uh years upon years upon years upon years upon years what the american public generally doesn't know is that the taliban regime actually fell two months into the war the whole purpose for the u.s invading afghanistan was to take down this regime that was 
the cause of 9-11. Right. And that happened two months in. Now, it makes sense, maybe, stay a year, stay two years. I think three years is pushing it, but sure, stay three years to just make sure that during, you know, the build-up, the transition period between governments, that nothing goes awry. But 13 years? You're going to stay another 13 years? Yeah. You're going to stay, like, that much longer in the country after the regime that you went to destroy has been destroyed? And then we tell the American public, oh, like, this is for patriotism. We're bringing democracy to the Middle East. We're bringing right to women. Like, we're doing all these things. But it's like, well, let's look at the United States. Yeah. Because almost half of the states don't have laws giving women equality. Right. Sure, there's some federal laws. There's, like, Title IX and whatnot. But individual states... Half of them don't have rights protecting women. But you want to go into a different country and instill democracy and equality? That doesn't it make sense. It doesn't. It doesn't add up at all. And we'll talk about this more when I get to education. But there is... When building a government, it has to be homegrown. It has to be built by the people who are gonna be ruled by it. Mm-hmm. Or it won't succeed. Any political scientists will tell you that and i'll get into why and examples later but the u.s knew that going in but since the general public didn't because we have a patriotic educational system it was so easy for the administration to convince the american people that we needed to be there when we really didn't right and then we got into iraq right and we went in and the bush Bush administration said oh well they have you know, chemical weapons, they have biological weapons, they have nuclear weapons, um, and, you know, terrorist groups, including Al-Qaeda and the Taliban, are all there, so we have to go in and we have to, you know, make sure that we can protect our country from any further destruction. And policymakers in the U.S. at the time were like, this is a questionable reason to start a war, but because it was in the wake of 9-11... It was just, it it happened, and we went in, and we did that. And this rationale that the Bush administration used has been discredited widely by political scientists, by policymakers, by people in his own administration, right? But then how long did we stay in Iraq? Forever. We were literally there for so long. Yeah. And then our, our being in Iraq depleted the country of all of its resources, to the point where another militant group, the Islamic State, was created and then forced the U.S. or forced, in air quotes, the U.S. to put troops back in Iraq, right? right? And all of this, again, was easy to do because it was under the guise of democracy and patriotism. And the general public, the American people, didn't actually know all the facts and didn't know, didn't have the proper education, the global education they needed to understand that this was not the right move that depleting a country of all of its materials, all of its wealth, is what causes these groups to rise. It just also doesn't make any sense to me why they would do this and act, like you said, on democracy and everything, when we can't even take care of our people here. Mm -hmm. And I feel like this year is a perfect example of it, because even right now, very recently, the Biden administration, he just bombed Syria. Just, yeah. again. But a couple Because we're in February, so literally a couple of days ago. Right. 
So this happened extremely recently, but he still hasn't given us the stimulus checks. He still hasn't just provided aid for the pandemic that's going on right now. And he is not acting on the promises that he made. But the whole point is, the war is obviously very expensive. Costs mm -hmm. trillions. We spend so much money making war and making all these weapons and using them. When this, when this money could be spent on U.S. citizens and giving everybody the comforts that we need. But because mm -hmm. of the way that we're taught, this all seems necessary. This spending, this, all this money being spent on this, all this war. Yeah. That's how dangerous it is. We are putting ourselves last so we can bomb these countries and take all their resources away and just create more conflict. It's... And again, this comes like from the idea of patriotism and right. patriotic learning. We teach, we teach Americans that we're Americans, we're number one, we're like the subcontext is we are more important. Right. So when we go into these other countries or we bomb Afghanistan nine thousand times in 2019, we're like, yeah, but we're Americans, therefore we are more important and our safety is more important. Than the lives of the people in Afghanistan. We matter more because we're Americans. But it's like, actually, we're just humans. Exactly. And like, everyone is just human. And everybody matters the same amount regardless of your views. Exactly. Being an American citizen, being in America, being from the West, all of that does not make you more important than anybody else. But this patriotic mindset that we have put ourselves in, that the country has put us in, it makes us feel like, oh, who cares if we bomb Syria? Exactly. It's like, where are your morals now? I'm just mm -hmm. wondering. Because that's another thing. We do pride ourselves on having superior morals and superior, a superior country altogether. But mm -hmm. if you really think about it, what is moral and ethical about bombing a country for its resources just because we can? Let me yeah. ask you... When is the last time Syria airstriked America, right? Are they really that big of a threat? Exactly. <laughs> it's just, they're not. America has the defense to prevent these things from happening. It's very obvious. Like I said, we have a trillion dollar budget pretty much for the military and all the defense. National defense is a big thing here. And that just wouldn't happen. We are protected against that. And the government knows this. So this was kind of stated earlier, but we're going to go into a little more detail about it. Patriotism makes censorship very accessible. And censorship's not a new thing. It didn't just start after 9-11. It's been around since the very, like the early development of the United States. So an early example of censorship was the Alien and Sedition Acts being passed in 1798. This was before America went to war with France, and it pretty much prevented anybody from speaking out against the government and speaking out against this decision that we made to go to war against France. And that is, in my opinion, very un-American. <laughs> that goes directly against everything we stand for. That's and in more of a modern-day sense, after 9-11, self-censorship within the media increased a lot, especially during times of war, for obvious reasons, I feel, now. 
because we wanted to hide the truths of what the military was really doing and the real intentions of what this war was about. Yeah, and it becomes very clear when we look at our relationship with the International Criminal Court, which basically is a court that was created by a group of countries, and it's just there to ensure that no serious human rights um, are violated, especially during times of war. You know, it applies to genocide, war crimes, any really any crime against humanity. And the U.S. refuses to join. So how are we going to be this global power? How are we going to be the country that people look to when they want a better life, but we won't be a part of a court that punishes war crimes and genocide Mm -hmm. and crimes against humanity? It just becomes abundantly clear. Right. Not to mention the abuse that people in within our own military face. Yes, absolutely. We don't want to come clean about that, but right. that's a story for another time. Totally. And don't even talk about when they come back to the country. Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> we stop caring about our military as soon as they become vets. Exactly. Okay, so now we're going to talk a little bit more about what it means to have a patriotic education and then what it means to have a cosmopolitan education. So right now, like I said, we have a patriotic education. And even Trump went on record, I want to say it was like maybe September of 2020. I think think it was like fall, late summer of 2020. And he said, no, 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 we need our our country to be even more patriotic. We need our education to be more patriotic. I don't want to hear stories of America being the bad guy. We're, we're America. We're number one. And he basically just endorsed this idea of patriotic education. So patriotic education is definitely problematic in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. First of all, it works to erase certain parts of history. Because we're viewing as America is number one, America first, we then put history through that lens. So we look at like the American Revolution and we see it through the lens of we are Americans and we are superior. So we're going to fight this war about democracy and new beginnings and win and hooray. But how much does that view you know, erase what actually happened. I'm not saying that our history books are, like, wrong. Right. Because those events did happen. But what are we leaving out that changes the narrative? Right. I feel like a good example of that is our involvement in World War II. Mm. Because every history book will tell you America was involved, we were eager to join, save Europe from Germany and Hitler. But the truth is... We waited so long to get involved in that conflict because mm-hmm. we didn't want to spend the money. We wanted to kind of remain neutral in it, right? We thought it was like an over-the-seas kind yeah, of war. Yeah, exactly. We were like, oh, it doesn't, it doesn't really directly involve us, so we don't have to go. We don't have to help them. It wasn't until we were attacked by Japan where we were like, oh, mm-hmm. okay, maybe we should get involved now. In that sense, America, America is always viewed as the hero. We, we saved Europe. We saved them from Hitler. but We saved the world from communism. Exactly. That, yes. But it's <laughs> just, that's just not the case. We weren't involved until we were provoked. And that's the truth of the situation. Um, and there's a million more stories just like that. Right. And when we have um, these really great presidents, 
we only portray them as being these really great presidents. Exactly. Any, really any leader, mm-hmm. anyone that we view as being extra American, we only view them in that sense, you know? Exactly. FDR, JFK, Teddy Roosevelt, all these great American heroes. But what about the parts of their stories that we don't tell? Right. What about redlining? What about the Panama Canal? Yes. What about, you know, the affairs? Exactly. And a million other things with a million other presidents and important people. Literally, there is a problem with every single one of them. But we don't view it that way because we're taught not to. Another thing patriotic education does that I touched on earlier is that it teaches the American people that they are American before they are human. Mm-hmm. You are a citizen of this country before you are a part of the human race, which is wrong. That is why we get involved in so many wars. And that is why we view genocide and human rights issues in other places as not that important. Right. Because, it, because they aren't that important because they're not American. Because we are superior somehow. Right. And all of that is because of the way that we're taught. And basically what cosmopolitan cosmopolitanism is based on the idea that like, well, let's get rid of countries. Let's get rid of borders. Like let's everyone just share everything. We're all just humans. Not in the way that communism is, but right. it's more just an ideology that says, you know, let's just be humans and just have a shared identity of just being human. And there is plenty of parts of cosmopolitanism that I disagree with. Mm-hmm. And I think in its full extent, it is like way too far and is very problematic. Mm-hmm. But in in terms of education, it is so incredibly helpful, so incredibly important. Because if people knew, like I said earlier, if people knew that governments had to be homegrown. Like we saw in, I, in Iran when they tried, when America tried to form their government for them and it collapsed. And if you want to say, oh, well, that's the Middle East, it's a different story. Well, we saw it in Germany, too. Mm-hmm. We saw in the West the same thing happened because their government wasn't homegrown. It was borrowed from other countries that they thought it worked really well for, and it did not succeed. Exactly. Because it was not homegrown. With, though, with that kind of education, with a global education, when you know policies from other countries, when you know what causes terrorist groups to form, yeah. Form, right. When you look at that information and when you have the information and you have a global sense of what's going on in other places versus just what's going on in your own, you can make these decisions for yourself. You can actually understand why a country is fighting a war, you know. On all of that comes to this cosmopolitan education and just having an understanding of what's going on beyond your borders. Exactly. No, I think it would be very important to have that education here. Because you really don't get that education unless you maybe go to college and take a class on world history or something. Our whole curriculum growing up is American-based history. And Mm -hmm. even throughout high school, yeah, we learned about modern world history, but that was just general things. It wasn't world policies. It wasn't... And when they say modern world history, they mean... Western world exactly it's only from a western point of view you don't learn about the middle east you don't learn about any countries west of pretty much europe yeah you don't learn any countries you don't learn anything past turkey is like yeah not even mentioned nope not at all and you definitely don't learn about any african countries either 
Yeah, yeah that's not unless it's colonialism, right? And you hear the name of the country, and that is it. Exactly. Talk about triangle trade. That's yeah. That's where you'll hear about exactly African countries. Yeah. It would just be really important for us to be educated on other countries and systems because then we would understand the outside world better and we wouldn't have to fall under these false impressions that we're given. Yeah. So we've kind of already talked about all the negatives. And I I, I do want to just clarify that most of, you know, this discussion is opinion based. Mm -hmm. Like there isn't really like a set in stone, you know, discussion that political scientists and philosophers and sociologists have had that says patriotism is bad and we should get rid of it. That, that, that hasn't happened, and this is definitely just, like, our opinions. Right. Which you can fully disagree with. Right, absolutely. And feel free to do so and interact with us on Instagram or whatever. Mm-hmm. We would love to hear that. But it's important to realize that some of this, some of, some of these policies that we're talking about, some of this information, it, it is directly correlated with patriotism. Mm-hmm. So now let's look about let's look at well why do we have it if it's so problematic? So one of the main arguments is well patriotism brings people together, it unites a country. And it's like, yeah, sure, that is true, right? To a certain extent. Right. You can believe that patriotism unites a country. And we saw after 9-11, it did do that. Mm-hmm. We also saw after 9-11 that hate crimes against Muslims went from 32 a year to 481 in 2001. Exactly. 9-11 happened on September 11th, which means the majority of those crimes happened in a span of three months. Mm -hmm. 400 crimes, 480 crimes, pretty much in the span of three months. Wow. Right? Right. So yeah, it unites a country, but what parts of the country right and now we're seeing it it's 2020 how united are we actually exactly and we're still very patriotic i wouldn't say that we got less patriotic Mm-mm. maybe certain people don't identify as patriots anymore but did the country as a whole get less patriotic i don't believe that to be true. i highly doubt it and i'm not seeing any form of unity Mm-mm. and then we might say well patriotism pushes us to do our civic duty patriotism is the reason that we vote it's the reason that we pay taxes It's, you know, the reason that we do jury duty, whatever. Again, like, sure, that can be your viewpoint, and you can firmly believe that, and I'm sure there is some evidence to back it up. But when I view voting, voting to me is for your own good. Yeah. I don't vote for, I don't, when I'm voting, I think about what is going to benefit me, what aligns with my ideals. Exactly. I'm not thinking, what is the best thing for this country? I hope that my ideals line with that. Right. Right. But at the end of the day, I'm still voting for my ideals. Right. And voting, I'm going to be honest, doesn't have that much effect on what the government does. Because you can even look at the shift of power from president to president. Yeah, he's less bad than Trump was, but he's still doing a lot of really bad things. A lot of the same things. He just has different names, different ways of doing it not making it so blatantly obvious that he's doing mm-hmm. these things. And right. that's just not right. And when you vote, you're voting for a politician. Exactly. You have to remember that politicians, no matter what party they belong to, no matter what their policies are, they are not honest people. 
Yeah. Yeah. That's just like that's just a part of the job, and yeah. that's not. I mean, it's not a great thing, but it's just how it runs exactly. in every country of the world. Because and I think as American people, we know that, or as people in general, we know that. Yeah. And we accept that when we're going to the voting booth. But let's not think it's this very selfless act that we're doing for our country. It's because we're patriots. Exactly. Because in my opinion, it's not. That's not why we vote. Mm-mm. And then we see pay taxes. Sure, you can view pay t- paying taxes as, you know, patriotic and it, you're doing it for your country. Because why would you pay taxes? Just like... For fun. Because yeah. you want to, right? <laughs> right. But then we think about, we hate paying taxes, but where do taxes go? Exactly. You know, like, who who else is going to fund our schools, right? Right. And then we view, like, well, so here are these people that say, you know, we're going to cut taxes and everyone is going to have low taxes and everybody that, no matter how much they earn, is going to have the same amount of tax, whatever, right? And we're like, yeah, those people are awesome. Well, then, are you patriotic? Right. If you want to cut taxes, even though paying taxes is what makes you patriotic? Exactly. And we know that not everybody pays taxes the same. Some people pay less right. taxes. And usually those are the most patriotic people, I feel like. Yeah. It just And those are the people that have the most to give. Right. That refuse to. Exactly. So it's just to make that make sense, please. But okay. I'm sure there's a million more arguments that a real patriot could think of. But to me, and I think to a lot of people in this country... Patriotism is just a shield for people's xenophobic and sometimes even racist tendencies. It gives people a comfort in knowing that they don't have to care, almost, I think, is what patriotism Mm. is. It kind of protects you from the realities of what these situations are. It's like, oh, we're doing this to be heroes. It's like, so you can go to sleep at night and not think about the people in the Middle East whose resources have been completely stripped from them. Right. And I just do, I do want to clarify, we did talk today mostly about American patriotism, just because that's, and like, again, because we have a patriotic education, that's what we know the most about. We know the most about, you know, American, good old American patriotism. But patriotism exists in other places. Like, let's look at France and Belgium. They banned wearing hijabs in public spaces mm-hmm. because they're so patriotic and they believe that their image as a country should be the same. Everybody should be presented in the same way, regardless of what your belief is. Right? And right. that comes from patriotism. And then we see it again with China because mm-hmm. they're a very patriotic country and they also have a very patriotic education. But they're literally committing genocide right now. Right. They have concentration camps right now. Right. And where, where does that come from? Again, this image that to be Chinese or to be a part of your country, you have to have a unified image. You have to have a unified belief. You have to be patriotic in your country, but patriotism has to look the same for everyone. Right. And I'm sure there's an example in every single country that identifies as patriotic. Definitely. It's harmful. Mm-hmm. And it's, again, it creates this idea, this, like, xenophobia. Because if you're not American, if you don't share American ideals, then you're the other, and the other is scary. And we don't like the other. Exactly. Here are some of the sources we used while putting this episode together. Coming from the book by Jeffrey Frieden, 
David Lake, and Kenneth Schultz, World Politics, Interests, Interactions, Institutions, a book entry by Alice Dare McIntyre, Is Patriotism a Virtue? From the FBI database, Number of Hate Crimes Against Muslims, from an article by Stephen Gilman from listverse.com, 10 Unavoidable Arguments Against Patriotism, from the website aclu.org, Surveillance Under the USA slash Patriot Act, from an article by Joel Dyer from the Boulder Weekly, The Dark Side of Patriotism, The Constitution, um, you can find that on whitehouse.org, The Merriam-Webster Dictionary, Patriotism versus Nationalism, and the International Criminal Court webpage. Sadly, like we said earlier, because this is very opinion-based, not really set in stone, there aren't a whole lot of, you know, pop culture, media, right? you know, pieces that you can look at. Um, So if you do want to learn more, those are some good articles. You can honestly probably just type in patriotism into Google and see what comes up and form your own opinion. Same thing with cosmopolitanism. Right. Because um, they're, you know, very opposite of each other. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. We hope you'll join us next week. We are so excited to be back and recording season two of the Change to the Podcast. Um, we hope you guys enjoyed our um, Instagram segments that we started doing during our time off and we thank you so much for coming back to season two and just for listening to season one and you know coming on this journey along with us and we really hope that throughout the season we can improve on everything that we missed out in season one and don't forget that there's always hope for change today